uh, you guys are doing well. It's been a while since I've been on here, um, so I'm going to cut straight to it. I don't want this to be too long. This podcast is about Kingdom Commissioning. Um, it's titled Zion's Commission. A couple thoughts run through my head um, as I do this. Um, there's been a little bit of a period of a fresh awakening. Um, and when I say a little bit of a period, I mean we've been talking about revival for a long time and for years. I mean, there's a prior generation that precedes me that's been talking about generation uh, revival in this generation for the last 15, 20 years. Um, I'm reading a book right now called, uh, about the Toronto Revival um, and some of the people that are talked about in our Dar um, Knotts, Carol and John are not. Um, obviously, you have the Toronto Fire, and um, you know we don't have that without Randy Clark and some other prophetic people of our time. And um, Randy Clark's book is "There's More." I haven't read that yet, but the book I'm reading now is um, inviting um, a move of the Holy Spirit. Revive. Um, What's the guy's name? I'd have to get it up here. I'll put it in the chat or the comments. But essentially, it's chronicling the revival. And before then, people were believing for it and hungering for it, but they hadn't seen it yet. There was a move of God that hit there where people were speaking in tongues. They were operating in the prophetic. Uh, some were able to see angels, um, see demonic strongholds, pray them off. Some were able to see uh, how to heal people, uh, you know, the, the Lord would impress upon them how to do it, you know, the mechanism behind it, um, or how to pray, or how to move into the new joy and freedom um, that's available. I believe that was a dispensation. Um, I believe every revival has something that is released in it. Um, going back all the way to the 1906 revivals, people were um, seeing signs and wonders by way of speaking in tongues, and then there in live one of the modes that they would use uh, to bring about um, some sort of kingdom move um, in that in those meetings. Um, the, the word that the Lord gave me for this little season started off with um, the scripture where uh, Satan is actually asking the Lord to sift the people. Satan is saying, I want to sift the people. And Jesus, he he reminds us of that um, when he says, you know, Satan comes to sift you like wheat. Meaning, uh, when you look at the parable with the wheat and the tares, the, the tares don't look much different from the wheat in the beginning. Uh, stages of the, before the harvest. The harvest, um, then the harvester uh, will then see what is a good use for the harvest and will separate it. We're in a time of separation. You know what I'm saying? We're being separated. I don't believe um, um, from the world. We're being pushed into the world, but we're being separated from the old ways of doing church, the old ways of um, doing corporations, uh, business as usual, um, bodies of Christ that operate more like um, an institution than um, a body of believers that's there for common goals, the narrative of allowing Jesus to come into their lives, their space, their community, change them, and then change the people that they're going to touch. That's the, that's the basic um, 
way that the Lord moves. He uses us as a way for people to see him, just as the, you know, the Lord showed us how to see him through Jesus, we're showing other people how to see Jesus and then the Father. I called this one the Zion's Commission because there's a couple things that I wanted to talk about. You know, when you talked about the kingdom, when you talked about, you know, I'm talking about being sifted. The sifting is happening first in our own lives. The sifting is happening we're having to see what meets the standard. There's, we're not perfect this side of heaven, but there's things that we do to lay ourselves down. Even if it's a little bit of time or it's something that would be the offering. It would be, sometimes it's time, sometimes it's relationships, sometimes it's the things, people, places, and things, people at work, people in your work, people that um, are in your community, you know what I'm saying, from old lives, you know what I'm saying, past selves, sinful selves, you know, um, your old habits, old habits of fear, fear, uh, bitterness, habits of judging, habits of gossip, we're being sifted, you know what I'm saying? Those things are being sifted out of the church. Things that bring disunity, things that bring distrust, um, ways of moving the shadows as churches or as people, doing things um, without completely being open uh, before the people, meaning uh, making decisions in churches without the, the greater body being um, aware or made aware of what's happening and why it's happening. Um, the commission is coming to a people that are hungry. The sifting is first coming to a people that want to be sifted. There's a difference, you know. And the, you know, the, the commission comes for all of us. All of us have the opportunity to come into the Father and say, what would you have for me today? What would you have for me to accomplish you know, what's, what's a part of my purpose, my mandate, my scroll. The people that do that, there is still a, there's still a, a sifting. There's a shaking of your own systems. No matter what, when we're 50 or 80 or 100 or 36, there, there's a sifting season. Meaning, something's being sifted out and, and something is, is then being, or we're being made aware that something is off. You know what I'm saying? This is not right for the harvest, essentially. You know what I'm saying? And we're moving towards that. I strongly believe churches are moving towards that. The body of believers are moving towards that. You're moving towards that. You want the Lord to judge what needs to be judged, to remove what needs to be removed. Um, you're being repentant of what you've done, whatever heart attitude, whatever actions you've taken this life, this season. And, and, and you know, the, the grace of God is so awesome there's things in the future that might transpire that might need his grace and still it's producing a, the, the sifting or the fire removing the dross uh, removing the impurities it's the same thing the kingdom of God is um, allowing us to see um, or when it comes uh, the glory of the Lord allows us to see him for who he is see us and then see us how we're supposed to be. We see it through the eyes of Jesus. Um, so when I say old systems and, and old ways of doing things, 
you know, you'd have to understand that there's things that are that were done that were necessary for that season, but now we're moving into a season where those old things are not needed. So it's not that those things were bad, it's just that they're not necessary. Meaning, there was order and structure necessary for the churches, right? The, there was, the, we needed to not be focused on the encounter and the moment. We needed to not be focused on the revival itself, but what God, why, what God wanted to do out of the revival. See, we lost, I believe, and this, these books talk about these revival books. This book I'm reading was written in 94, right when the Toronto fire hit off, right? This, that revival, that move of God is still producing fruit. Okay, I, I'm attesting to it because they came to my town, the Arnots, um, the little old town in Charlottesville, Virginia, a college town, sleepy college town, needing an awakening, and the place was filled, and everybody was touched by the Spirit. There was an impartation of joy and some healing that night, um, and I experienced joy, a high measure of joy. I was filled, I sensed the Spirit of joy. I can sense different spiritual um, entities, uh, frequencies, and I, I felt and sensed the frequency of joy, and that was, that's what was being released there. A lot, of, a lot can happen in the midst of joy, the joy of the Lord, because it's our strength, but it takes us off of this earthly um, existence in our minds and our hearts for just a moment and releases us into the heavens um, to experience Him completely, right? We can't experience Him completely this side of heaven, but we can experience Him more when we release ourselves from the grasp of the world, be it fear, bitterness, anger, jealousy, or just depression, doubt, whatever those things might be. Um, you know, even right now, release all those things off you in the name of Jesus so that you can experience the joy of the Lord. It's a time for new wine. New wine is available. You know, it's being poured out. You're seeing it in the outpouring of, of creative worship circles, uh, times where it's extended. You can look it up. Spontaneous worship. Check it out. Two hours, three hours, hour long, 30 minute long worship sessions, Bethlehem music, Elevation worship, Maverick City music, so many others are doing this very certain thing, which is allowing the Lord to enter into a new space in a new way. It's vital because what we've done is we've created what some would call formulas on how to worship the Lord and how to enter into the presence and how to have a successful time of worship, have um, a breakthrough or have uh, ground taken, territory taken either spiritually or, or in the natural realm by way of the spiritual um, manifestation of the glory of God. The new wine's being poured out. The question is, are you going to take a new wine jug, new wine flask, jar, whatever the Lord gives you to contain his uh, his love and his power and authority over your life. There's a new wine being poured out. The new wine is this, I believe, and take it for a grain of salt. The new wine is this. It's an understanding of a full cup, right? Meaning this, the new wine needs a full cup. The new wine is the same wine, but it's to us it will seem new because that expression of God will be fresh to us. Meaning, we haven't been able to fill our cups completely because we've been coming with four ounce or six ounce cups, right? But 
a full cup is 16 ounces. So we're going to the top right now, okay? A move of God is going to the top because people are hungering for a complete manifestation, a complete expression of what God has in store for us. So it's almost a weird relationship between new wine and the wineskins because the wineskins got to be ready. We've got to be prepared to handle what God is doing in our midst. The wine hasn't changed. We call it new wine, but the new wine is Jesus Christ. That new wine was dispensed 2,000 years ago. And along with that wine, there was a little something-something. There was a little kick in that wine. That's the Holy Spirit, right? We're experiencing the Holy Spirit, not in you know, little hits and waves. In the Old Testament, people had sometimes the Holy Spirit come on them, right? But in the new, in the new wine era, in this, in this new covenant era, the wine is available. It's flowing even right now. So even right now, I prophesy and I, I, I declare, decree a new wine over you, a new wine season that you would realize the, the fullness of God over your life, that it's, it's an open heaven, open doorways, open access by way of Jesus Christ, right? So new mechanisms are being created, and I believe that you're a part of the new mechanism. So the new mechanism is not just the extended times of worships, worship times. The new mechanism is a part of um, understanding a paradigm that you are a son and you are a daughter. And so it changes the way in which your day is flavored, right? When you wake up in the morning, when you say to yourself, you're a son and a daughter of the Most High, there's something different that happens when you just say you're a Christian, right? Christian's cool, right? That's who we are. But there's a lot of cultural connotations to that, right? A son of God, a daughter of God, belongs to something much bigger, right? It's called Zion's commission because your commission was not given to you by your parents or your place of origin. Your commission is given by the father. That's why the Bible talks a lot about, you know, fathers and mothers, sons and daughters on those days, there'll be tension, there'll be a battle, there'll be, there'll be schisms, there'll be breaks, there'll be relationships that'll not stand the test of time because the relationship for you as a new believer is grounded in Yahweh. Other people's relationships are grounded in Babylon, right? The beginning of Babylon, we see the beginnings of Babylon come when we start to talk about, obviously, Satan, right? And it says in Ezekiel here, uh, let's see, might be chapter 28. It says here, the sovereign Lord, he spoke. He said, the word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, take up a lament concerning the king of Tyre and say to him, this is what the sovereign Lord says, that you were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone adorns you, right? Onyx, jasper, carnelian, chrysolite, emerald, lapis, lazuli, turquoise, and gold. Don't tell me gems and crystals are not important to the Lord. Your settings and mountings were made of gold, and on the day you were created, they were prepared. You were anointed as a guardian cherub. So why ordained you? You were on the holy mount of God. You walked among the fiery stones. You were blameless in your ways from the day you were created till wickedness was found in you. Through your widespread trade, you were filled with violence and you sinned. This is talking about Satan, but if we're child's, ch children of Zion now, before we came to Christ, we were children of that, right? We're child's, children of God. We're created by him. But our ways and our paradigms line more up with the enemy, right? 
So Jesus says to the Pharisees, you brood of vipers, you children of the devil, you're not children of God. He's basically saying there's a way of life that you're living that's contrary to the kingdom of God. Right? So this we're being reminded of, here's the satanic, right? You have God, you have Eden, but because of your own selfishness, or because of what you want, you would rather come off your mountain from your high station, right, and come into the lower things, right? The lower things are the earth realm things, right? Earth realm things still speak to your earthly nature. Now, obviously, I'm going to say it again. We On this side of heaven, we won't get the complete revelation. But I believe there's something more. There is more that we're actually called to access now. There's a new dispensation of the Spirit, which is calling us into a higher uh, frequency of understanding what it means to be a son of God or daughter of Zion, which will go beyond our, our boundaries of cultural um, uh, uh, stances on politics or cultural mechanisms which tell us how we're to behave, even in our worship settings. What I'm going to say is that our cultural centers of power have been changing the way our churches operate. So you could go into a place like D.C. or California, New York, and they could have the same denomination, Anglican, for instance, or whatever, and be totally different because they are um, being changed and shaped by the world they're living in. Now, this wasn't their intention. I'm sure the body of Christ was areas, but something happened to where they said to themselves, we want to look like these people or we want to fight the same battles. You know, God, give us a king so we can fight you know, our battles for us. What are the battles that people have been trying to fight for so long? We've been fighting earth run battles. Even in the name of God, we've still been fighting earth run battles. Since the church did its crusades, right? Since the church was killing Jews or since the church was killing Muslims or since the Jews were killing Christians, right? There's been people fighting for these things which give them power, but here on the natural, in the natural realm. So let's go back to this dispensation of the revival that's in our midst. There was a dispensation of the prophetic, right? The very last one that we had. And then after that, um, we've had some twinklings of the apostolic in little bits and pieces. The biggest one I can come up with in my mind is the one in Bethel, where we have Bill Johnson leading a movement of God, and many people have come out of church and started other churches. You would not be surprised to know that Bill Johnson went to that Toronto Fire meeting along with other ministers and got the same dispensation, right? So the apostolic and the prophetic are in the house. They're moving very mightily. But what's happening now is that we're moving past the apostolic into kingdom lifestyle, kingdom living, kingdom power, kingdom authority. Now, we've had it already, but in a measure, right? We want a full cup. We want 100%, 110%. But the, we say we can get to the 90. I think we're at the 90, but we want the full measure. The full measure is, is by way of the Holy Spirit. A complete control of the Holy Spirit, a complete uh, abandon and a complete move away from the things that would bring some harvest of the kingdom and some harvest of the world. So we have some of the harvest of the world because we create the lights. We create a show. We create a system, something that uh, will allow us to enter in because we understand it from a cultural point of view. 
if you go into a synagogue now or, or, or you go into a synagogue, you might be uh, uh, confused, right? But think about this. The first Christians were Jews. So go back to Acts. When the fire hits, what are they doing? They had everything in common. They're eating and breaking bread and worshiping and praying together. Everything in common. Where are we at now? Everything is in common, right? I believe because of what the sifting has done, we've laid down the things that make us uncommon, that give us some sort of uh, currency with our culture, and those things have been removed. See, now your ministry can't just look big. It better be big. It better have some power. People better be getting saved, and people better be experiencing a move of God that is changing them from second to second, minute to minute, hour to hour. That when they leave that place, they know that something is right over the mountain that's taking them uh, to take down a stronghold or to release breakthrough into the areas they've been called into. It's a, it's a glory to glory, faith to faith, right? So, I couldn't talk long because I wanted to, I just wanted to say, look, I want to invite the move of God in your life. I want to pray for you on that. I want to encourage you to say, this. there's more. Okay, there's more. Okay, even now, you've experienced some amazing times in the Lord. There's more. There's been prophetic words over your life. You've seen God move. There's more. Okay, there's more. Make sure my mic and audio is good. All right. So this is a time of restoration, all right? And honestly, that's what I wanted to release right now. It is a, a, just a time of revela uh, revelation over you, time of restoration. So Galatians 4.1 says, Now I say, as long as the heir is a child, he does not defer at all from a servant, although he is owner of everything, but as he is under the guardians and the trustees. Okay. You are heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, Romans 8.16. That is a part of our inheritance as sons. If you are heirs to that promise, then we need to be trained to function as a joint heir with Christ. Our sonship has responsibility that goes with the relationship. Okay? All right. You are um, yoked to Jesus. Okay? You're co-heir and a brother. Okay? He says, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke, take my charge upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Paraphrase, you will find rest for your souls in a time of great distress. You will find rest for your souls in a time where you feel as if um, you might not ever get ahead. Rest for your souls in a time where um, resources low. You need money and breakthrough. We just declare and decree favor over your life right now in the name of Jesus. He says in John 5, 19, Truly, true, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself unless it is something he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does these things, the Son also does in like manner. For the Father loves His Son and shows Him all things that He Himself is doing. I want to declare and decree that you 
will see what the Father's doing in these days. You'll hear his voice and know his heart. You'll know his heart for yourself, and you know his heart for the people he sent you to. John 5.30 says, I can do nothing on my own initiative. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just because I do not seek my own will, but the will of him who sent me. The new wine, people, the new company of burning hearts. Check out Justin Paul Abraham, by the way. That's his line. The new company of burning hearts wants to ask the Lord, what is your will? Your will doesn't look like anything this world is telling me I'm supposed to be active in. I want to be activated in your kingdom work. That's what we're saying. So do you not believe that I am in the Father? And the Father is in me. The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own initiative, but the Father abiding in me does his works. The Father abides in Jesus, Jesus, and you've taken his yoke upon you. I believe that mathematically you can make the jump to say that the Father is in you. The love of the Father is in you. He's placed it in you. In fact, before you even knew Jesus, there was something about you that resonated with the heart of God because he built you and created you for such a time as this. Be in agreement with who you are. Be in agreement with what you're called to. Because once you agree with the paradigm that you're a son and a daughter of Zion, it elevates you into a new realm. Your kingdom living right away. You just have to realize it. The kingdom of God is here, is there, in you. A couple more, a couple more verses. All right. As a protocol, okay, guys. So, Holy Spirit, I just want to pray that Lord, um, the people of God would remember. Who they are and whose they are. And God, I want to um, commission any sister, any brother that's listening to this over the airwaves by way of the Holy Spirit. Go forth and bear fruit. Go forth and bear my name. Go forth and bear my image. For you are mine and I am yours. I am in you and you are in me. Holy Spirit, I pray that we would connect to the vine in a new way. Just as this is a paradigm of new wine and a new company of burning hearts of people that are hungry, I pray that um, the people that are hungry would um, understand and know that God, um, there is a table that's been set before us, that's been prepared by Yeshua himself. Uh, Lord, we've been invited to, to eat and sup with him. Uh, Lord, we come to the table and we have everything in common. We have the need for Jesus. We have the love for Jesus. And Lord, we have the heart for Jesus. Meaning we have a heart after the things of God. A heart to bring forth the restoration of all things. Holy Spirit, pray for the time such as this that each of us are with our finances, with our relationships, Lord. I pray that the blood of Christ would cover all of them. I pray the blood of Jesus would cover your bank accounts. I 
Pray the blood of Jesus would cover your home. Pray the blood of Jesus would cover your relationships and your loved ones. That, Lord, if any of the sickness that be healed right now in the name of Jesus, that Holy Spirit would come down and touch the arms, the legs, the eyes, the head, all the gateways, from the top to the bottom, Lord, that every man, woman, child would be protected. That's under this voice. Because I believe the word of God does not come back void. I believe that all decorations and decrees made in the name of Jesus come to pass. As I decree and declare that in the name of Jesus, blessing, life, restoration, revelation, understanding, wisdom, insight, power, boldness, courage in the name of Jesus. I decree and declare systems coming down and being made anew, restored to their fullness. I'm talking about banking systems, education systems, political systems. Lord, I pray for governors and mayors, officials, presidents, all around the world. And even now, dreams, visions, revelations be poured out on all flesh. Lord, your word says the spirit was poured out on all flesh. So come down on all flesh. Now, Lord, it's not just the Christians that you'll come down on. You'll come down on those who don't know you. And when their eyes are lighted, they see glory. They see who's being arising and shining. They come to deep waters because, Lord, we've been hungering for deep waters. Holy Spirit, I pray that we be reservoirs of hope, living water, and truth. That God would have solutions for people, simple solutions and mighty solutions, changing lifestyles, changing homes, changing communities. Holy Spirit, I pray for the foundations of our hearts, God, that you remove bitterness and anger and fear, distrust. Remove disunity in the name of Jesus. We break down all those strongholds in the name of Jesus. We break down all fears, all spirits of anxiety. We cast you out in the name of Jesus. Lord, we pray that all spirits of anxiety, all spirits of bitterness be cast out in the name of Jesus. All spirits of fear be cast out in the name of Jesus. We cast you away. And we just say that any of the angels that are present in my space or your space, your current space, they would be hearkened to the word of the Lord, to serve the mandate to which has been given to them. Holy Spirit, I pray that we come in partnership with your angels and your saints that are on the throne, the angels that are assigned to us for our mandates and the callings and the purposes. I pray that, Lord, we would start to understand our mandates, callings, and purposes, and to interacting with those you've sent to us for those mandates, callings, and purposes, whether they're angels or men. Holy Spirit, I pray that you give us insight to see who we're supposed to be partnering in this season. Because I know that, God, you called us to be a body of connected individuals collected by your Spirit. Holy Spirit, most of all, I pray for peace. Peace of God that comes on the sons and daughters when they understand that, Lord, it's all been provided for you, by you. That, God, the table's been set. That, Lord, we can come and sit before you. And that we can do this also in the presence of our enemies because the table's been set by you. Oh, 
Holy Spirit, some of us have been walking through death, shadows of death, Lord, I pray that light would come, shine, a light, a path before us to make a new ascent onto another mountain to your glory. Holy Spirit, I pray that um, doors would be open, doors of favor, open for the sons and daughters to walk through. Thank God that it'd be breakthrough. Thank God that you'd give us the keys for new gateways, new paths of righteousness. Thank God even now there'd be healings in the spirit over our souls. that we're a part of, pray for breakthroughs. I pray for, Lord, pathways to be made straight. I pray for unity and love. And Holy Spirit, I just seal up all these prayers in every timeline, every age and dimension. I thank you, Lord, for each person that has set their time apart to hear anything I had to say as God that's from you. I pray that, Lord, anything that could be encouraging would be uh, remembered and treasured. And, uh, Lord, uh, if it's not for this season, for anybody that's listening, God, I just pray that um, you have them just um, lay hold of the fact that they're loved, the Father's for them, and that the Father has great plans to prosper. participation in the matter. This has been awesome. I thank you guys for listening and tuning in. Um, most of you guys don't come into this live, so um, I do all this live and um, it's a blessing. So thank you guys. It's just fun for me to get to share what the Lord's put on my heart. So, um, you know, like and subscribe, go on YouTube or whatever. Um, if you're on the podcast and just keep uh, keep subscribing, keep sharing it, you know, uh, maybe it'll be a blessing to somebody else. So, peace and God bless.